Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Expecting the minimum, the minimum, the minimum. That's a formula I can live by. Don't be an idiot. Get up and do better. Two imperfect pastors trying to figure it out. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Don't Be an Idiot, a podcast. It's just we're looking for small wins every day to be improving our walk with God, our relationships with others. We're just trying to what? Okay, not be an idiot. an idiot. Here we are. And so we are in week two of what we're trying something new here, this five-week series talking about the predators of our faith, the Christian faith specifically. And uh, we, we kind of teeing off this idea of like the things that are attacking us that maybe make people walk away from the faith, walk away mm. from the church to even be hurt by the church, you know, at least in their heads. And like, maybe they're not really participating in their faith as much. Uh, just mm. the things that are attacking us. The Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion prowling around waiting to devour. And so we have these predators. Last week, we kind of teed it off with what we thought was an important one, biblical illiteracy, yeah. uh, which we could talk about for hours. Uh, so, you know, continue these conversations. And this week, uh, maybe the most famous predator that goes back just years and years and years is the problem of evil. So, Caleb, kind of walk us through, you know, what is the problem of evil? How, you know, yeah. how is this a predator? Things like that. Yeah. So this is something philosophers have been wrestling with for millennium. <laughs> Not even understating that. Uh, Plato famously had conversations about this and and that's actually where some of this our language derives from and philosophers are very math heavy so it comes in different points uh it's called premises and then conclusions. they want a logical flow is what you there, mean by there's that. a yeah. logical flow yeah and uh so well, what they're doing is laying out proofs and so just on the other side of that that means that there is hundreds and thousands of books answering these problems of people well. smarter than you and me of people <laughs> way smarter than the two of us combined probably hey, hey, i don't know we're pretty formidable uh so that being said like at the end maybe we'll throw out a couple of books that uh we've read that helped us come to these answers but no there are tons of resources to help you uh deal with these issues but in general this is a, a good way of laying out the problem uh if god exists as a supreme, all-powerful being, God, then God is omnipotent, meaning all-powerful, okay. omniscient, all-knowing, yep. and morally perfect. I'm in. Yep. yep. Would you agree? I yep. would agree. Okay, so point one, check. If God is omnipotent, all-powerful, then God has the power to eliminate evil. Ooh, okay. Okay, that's it. That's I'm not going to say no to that. Right. Yep, because... By being all-powerful, he would have yep. to... Right, right. This is all logical. Three, if God is omniscient, meaning all-knowing, then God knows when evil exists. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh. yep. Four, if God is morally perfect, then God has the desire to eliminate all evil. Okay. Five, evil exists. <laughs> yes. Okay. Six... If evil exists and God exists, then either God doesn't have the power to eliminate all evil or doesn't know when evil exists or doesn't have the desire to eliminate evil. Therefore, God does not exist. Okay. This would be what uh, commonly just generally referred to as the logical 
problem or the mental problem mm-hmm. of evil. There's also the um, just generally uh, there's the the logical problem, uh, the evidential or the experience, how I've experienced evil in my life, and yeah. then there's the emotional problem. Ooh. So and and all of them need slightly different answers because they're asking slightly different questions. This one would be the in in general the the logical problem. This is the the math as we were talking yeah. about earlier. So what would you begin to say to somebody who who says this? Yeah, I, I'm okay with. I, I think it's important to be able to think logically and work through problems logically. Uh, we can't react by just emotional things. So I actually don't mind the flow of what they're saying. But what I my argument to them would be: you have a bad understanding of who God is. There are some core things here about God that you have not put into. God's not a machine. Uh, grace and love would, would, there's no room for grace and love in what that said. Uh, C.S. Lewis, who famously deals with this problem, uh, who would have been, I, I'm not atheist, I'm not, I don't want to overstate, atheist agnostic, he was, he did not believe in God, and this was one of the reasons he did, it was because of the problem of evil. But he, he wrote this, God did not create evil, but he did create human beings with mm. the capacity to choose evil. While the capacity to choose evil is not evil itself, it provides a possibility for evil to be chosen. Uh, we cannot fully understand the God of the universe in the same way as Romans tells us, the clay pot cannot understand the potter. Hmm. And so while, yeah, it's fine, let's, let's work through this logically, I, I think we're missing the fact that, you know, as they're speaking then they're calling for their own destruction because evil starts in the heart of man. Yeah, that's a, a quote from, I'm not going to get it right, some Russian dude uh, that wrote the <laughs> I want to hear him try. Play. Who else wants to hear him try? <laughs> Alexander something. <laughs> what a funny last name, something. Yeah, something. The line separating good and evil passes through not states or between classes nor between political parties either. Uh but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. Uh, and, and the quote goes on, but the, it goes, we talked last week about biblical literacy and how important it is. And it starts with who God is and who Jesus is and who we are and understanding why, why were we created and Going into that counter argument against God, well, God chose to create people who could bring more good into the world. Yeah. But by giving humanity the ability to choose good, that necessitated also the ability to choose what is wrong. And that's where the choice is an evil or the ability to choose is not evil. The ability to choose is not evil. They need to be. In fact, that that's presented in the only thing that humanity was first told is wrong. Hey, you have the right to choose life or the tree of the knowledge of good and bad, the tree of death. Mm -hmm. He, He says the day you choose that tree, you bring death. So the choice God laid out was you can either choose Life or death. Yeah. And in giving them that that choice. So uh, 
the the point number two was that if God is omnipotent, all powerful, God has the power to eliminate evil. Uh, and then point three, if God is all-knowing, he knows when evil exists. Point four, therefore, if God is morally perfect, then God has the desire to eliminate all evil. And that's really the crux of the matter because we're making a massive assumption about God's relationship with evil. I, I Just maybe before we go on, Caleb, because I think this needs to be asked. We, we would really miss a really cool opportunity here. How do you, Caleb, how do you know what evil is? That's a big... This is the question. This is the, the question. I, maybe I'm jumping ahead too far. but A little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but but this, that, that, that's really how you... In a person with... Will, will remind me to come back yeah, to this. Because please, yeah. what, where we miss a lot in this type of apologetic conversation is we try and give the logical answer to someone that's asking an experiential question. Oh, that's good. Or Can the, you restate that in a different way? Yeah, yeah. We answer with the logical argument to a question that was an experiential one so do you mean like one. i can't believe in a god that would let my mom die of cancer yes that's an if i bring that experience yes you need a different answer and okay. where we miss a lot and and this is hard is we give a right answer to the wrong question but the problem is is all of these questions look very similar and okay. so you have to tease out which question exactly are you asking? Which are means you, asking, you have to go back to last week and be biblically literate. Mm. <laughs> are you asking the logical, the experiential, okay. or the emo- or the moral, the, the the moral one? My question I asked it was moral. Moral. Okay. And so that, that's. <laughs> so how would you answer the? Let's just work through them. How would you answer the logical? Okay. L- logical one is, yeah. is you begin to to work through what world did God create? Why did God create? Okay. Well. He created to invite others into participating with his divine nature of creating life. But in order to create freely choosing creatures that want to participate in his freely chosen divine creating work, life-giving work, they also have to have the option of creating death. And so the, the logical argument in, in the way they present it breaks down because God has a reason for allowing evil in that the presence of evil also allows for greater good in the world. Now, that's, great. that's not a good answer for someone whose grandma died. No. Be like, oh, yeah, well, ultimately, this is, that's not what they're looking for. Yeah. So, so logically, that's great. So experientially, so what... That that would be probably way more common in our experiences is to answer the experience question as pastors, as Christians, mm. mm-hmm. like someone who says like, hey, I don't understand this. You know what I mean? Or maybe, maybe it's to a parent who lost a child. Mm. Like how could a good God allow so much pain? So how would you answer the experiential question? Well, this, so A, I do what, I forget what the passage is, but mourn with those who mourn. Mm. I, the, the case study of the book of Job is... Fantastic. Oh, it's terrible friends. Is that what you mean? Yeah. But we overlook the fact that they sat with him for like three days. Mm. And then they start trying to give answers. And it was still too soon. It was still too soon. Yeah. All the answers were decent answers. And they were working logically and experientially through things. And all the things you're talking about. And they were trying to give biblically solid grounded answers. That a lot of them, like, like you said, weren't necessarily wrong. But at the end, God reprimands them. 
and be like, dude, you don't, you don't really know me. Yeah. And, and the whole point is that God's ways are beyond your ways, beyond our understanding. And so for me, if it's somebody, I was uh, messaging with a friend from college not long ago, and she was sharing something that was painful in her life. And, mm -hmm. and I just said, that sucks. I'm really sorry about that. And she was like, honestly, that's the best answer I've ever heard because everyone tries to explain it away. And, and there's sometimes it's just life. Hurts. I'm not sure pain can be explained away. No, because it happens in such a way that you feel it and don't <laughs> think it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's well said. It, 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 pain is a feeling. And we say feelings are real, but they're not always true. They're real. They're yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, the first so half of that statement. It's, it's real. It's a real thing. It doesn't... So in that sense, now, after time, and, and, and the, that pain is not what's driving that question, they may still be wrestling with that question based off that experience. And so then you go into, well, who is God and what is the nature of this world? So you move to the moral question? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, not, not necessarily... Uh, but you, you should, what is the world God created? Not, not necessarily with the, the, the logic, but then pain, pain and death in general were not a part of God's plan. Oh, okay. I'm tracking now. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? So God did not create so that we would die. In fact, he did more than any other religious belief system, not only to overcome that pain, but to enter into it with you. Yeah. Weirdly, I remember it was a really big, big deal for me. And I remember weeping at this. It was after my first child was born and I was just thinking about how much I love her and, yeah. and just, she's a little baby and I'm a new dad, so I'm not sleeping. So I'm overly emotional anyway, but it just hit me for the first time, like a, a load of bricks. How I feel about my daughter pales in comparison to how God felt about his own son. And yet he willingly gave him up to redeem us all. Not only did God feel the pain and the weight of his own, the death of his own son, but he sent him to do that. This is reminding me of the series we went through in Hebrews mm. where he says that Jesus is the perfect high priest and he's that because of the experiential so there was there was logic to mm. it and there was experience to it where jesus he came he was fully human in experience as you're talking about mm. the full human experience yeah, yeah and, and so for me I, i'd often thought of oh jesus love for us and that he yeah. sacrificed himself but it hit me afresh that day god's love for jesus was i don't think no you had less. the emotional capacity to understand that until you mm. had kids i, I yeah. wholly agree yeah. And that just floored Like, why have I never thought of God's love for his son in the relationship there? And, and going back to the sort of person who loses their grandparent. Yeah. God entered into that pain. So that pain would not be permanent for you. So you answer them yeah. by Yay. showing them who God is yes. and what he did. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm -hmm. I will fear no evil. Why? Evil happens. Death happens. Yeah. I just did a funeral but over that sermon or over that uh, passage. Because you are with me. God doesn't just observe remotely human pain and suffering. He yeah. entered into it with us to bring us through it.
Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love that because it's not just entering into it. It's to bring us through it, which is, it's the story of the gospel. So th- that's how I would, at the right time, begin to answer the experiential. So start with pain. a hug. Yeah. Maybe a that sucks. And then over time mm. through your relationship, yeah. then work through the, you have a God of the universe who knows you and has experienced mm. any pain that you can experience. Mm-hmm. He lost friends. He lost his son. I just mm. yeah, lost and his own life. He There was time for, you know, the Garden of Gethsemane, I think is a great, hum, you see the humanity of Jesus mm. asking his friends, come pray with me. Yeah. Weeping. It's so hard. And uh, again, it's, it requires a lot of discernment to know, are, are you asking a, a logical question here? Or is this all based off experience? Because we all have, <laughs> one of the things we uh, fight about sometimes is the term trauma. <laughs> I, I think to be human is to experience a certain level of trauma. I, I think the funny thing, we could even say, I think we get our heads butt against this because you approach it logically and I approach it you know, <laughs> through you know, experience yes. it, like the and feeling side of it. Yeah, obviously there's a huge gradient. Uh, between yeah. in, in human experience. And yeah, to be clear, Caleb recognizes and understands that trauma is real. Yes. But That's I actually also, part of his argument. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, that, that would be 100% yeah. part of it. And that I, I think uh, <laughs> to be human is to go through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, going mm. back to Psalm 23 there. And and so those experiences uh, are, are, are real and, and entering into those, but also offering the hope that only the story of the Bible shares. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, I jumped the gun then on your nice three-point Baptist <laughs> sermon here. Yeah, it's exactly right. And uh, jumped to the moral side. Because I, I think, I guess I'll tell a story from my life because this yeah. is how I dealt with the question. Yeah. Personally, I have not experienced a ton of pain. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. I've, God has been very gracious to me. It doesn't mean there's been no pain, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I just want to recognize that people have have serious pain that I haven't experienced mm-hmm. before. Um. But I remember late in high school, early college in there, this this idea, this thought, this question of the problem of evil really came. I think somewhere along there where teenagers begin to move, transition from a faith that is maybe family-based, like, hey, my family, my mm-hmm. dad believed this, mm-hmm. and they begin to own their own faith and become separated. And, and you know, it's an important, important season. Uh, it's actually why we're talking about this, how this conversation started with some of that, you know, those, those mm. the time when people typically walk away and we want right. to prepare them for that. But for me, I was reading the book of Joshua. Uh, and if you know the book of Joshua, uh, so Moses has led the people all the way to the promised land. And Which, yeah, what land? Uh, Just empty, of the Canaanites. Em- empty no, land. no, it was, the, yeah, it was milk and honey. I mean, it, land of milk. milk and honey is what he calls it. And for, I, I'm trying to, what, what would I call it? <laughs> milk and honey for us. But, uh, I mean, they had spies Bacon coming back. Bacon and eggs. <laughs> Bacon and eggs. Yeah, I mean, the fruit. There was there was good fertile land. There was it was it was it was the land that God had promised them. It was you know going to be not the new Eden, but where God was going to bring them and see them uh, no, flourish. No, no, but but that's actually the language is the new Eden. The new a, Eden. a lot of it. Yeah. It's this place of rest, of communion with God, of security. Well, they get to the edge of the land before they cross the river and they get these spy reports of like, oh, hey, you know that land that God's taken us to? It's inhabited by giants and mm. warrior people. Because as has been true, like, you know, if it's good land, other people think it's good too. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? God mm-hmm. didn't take them to a patch and then create it around them as they walked on it. It was, you know, God wanted them to take this. And I, I really struggled because one, 
not fully understanding my Bible, I was reading a story about a people group that God commanded to walk in and remove the people from the promised land, the Canaanites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have the, I didn't have enough context of it, but mm-hmm. what I was reading was God was commanding them to kill, not just soldiers, right, but people groups, women and children, and just removing people groups off of the face of the earth. Which, yeah, go ahead. Well, and then when the Israelites don't do it, God actually reprimands them and they have serious consequences when he doesn't follow through. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading this like, whoa, 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 hit the brakes. Like the God of the universe who loves us, mm-hmm. who died to save us, is okay with commanding us to kill other people? Which is the whole sit in that. In, in Genesis chapter 6, uh, so right early in the story, right? We're just generations removed from creation. Uh, God comes down and says, hey, humans keep killing each other. Yep. Therefore, I'm going to kill all of them. Sit, sit with that discomfort there for a second. Like, wait, humans are so full of evil, specifically of murder and violence towards one another. And children. God, and children. Very specifically. And, and yeah. that... Okay, then I'm I'm going to murder all of them. Uh, I, I think you need to not take the word murder out of that. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's a whole yeah. that's a great conversation. Yeah, great conversation. What verse murder, murder versus killing, and all, killing. All, all those things? But mm. it's hard. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was Joshua. For you, it could be like Caleb said, the flood. It could be the Babylonian. They could be yeah. Jonah in the way. It could be any conversation where especially if you're walking into it without all the context. Because some of the context right. I was missing was the little G gods that the Canaanites were serving. They were literally sacrificing children. Yeah. Like the evil and corruption is on par with what we saw in Genesis 6 in the flood. Mm. Like this is not dissimilar. You know, it's not, you know, it's, it's just the Bible often does this. You see these cycles of things happening and happening mm-hmm. and happening. And uh, one of the, the great things about God is his love is steadfast and he mm-hmm. is slow to anger. Uh by the time this comes out, I'll have just preached a sermon. <laughs> yes, that well, word. just that steadfastness and that slow to anger means he's what we deserve is death. And I think that's the key there. Okay. Go on. What I is, thought I was morally mean? superior to the Jews, like, or, yeah. you know, Israelites who were killing. Like, where I was messing up here was really in that story, I'm the Canaanite deserving mm. death. And yeah. the Jewish people, because what has happened repeatedly. Oh, my goodness. Up to that point with God and the Jewish people. The best of them. Moses. The best of them. <laughs> can't figure it out. Can't, like, can't even come to the promised yeah, land. God multiple times is like, dude, I'm going to kill all these people. <laughs> yeah. And Moses is like, no, 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 God, that just not yet. Please, please. And God ultimately with Moses himself is like, hey, you screwed up. You're going to die. I do the same thing with my kids in screen time. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's a little bit of a joke. It's like, I take it from them and they're the most sorry kids and they'll never do it oh, again. Right, right, right. And then the next day, they're doing the same crap that makes them deal mm-hmm. with the consequences. Uh, and then they're surprised. <laughs> <laughs> they're shocked anew what? every day. What? But what a great picture of us as humans. Like, we're shocked anew every day that, hey, <laughs> there's consequences. There's to consequences to it. Well, I, I was dealing with this question. I, I was, I, funny, I remember I was mowing my parents' lawn. I was still living in my parents' house. I was weeping. You know what I mean? And I called a mentor of mine, That's a great. pastor that I was serving under named Andy McDonald. Still love this man. I'm not super connected with him anymore, but would call, I've called him on, you know, d- different parts of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember him saying like, 
Jake, who, who are you to judge what's right and wrong here? Where were you when I laid the foundations? Yeah, let's of the go earth. back to Job here. You know, <laughs> which is that's such an important. But this one. is the moral answer. Yeah, the book of Job is dealing with this issue, possibly the oldest book in the Bible. That, that's that's fun it, there. It, thinking like it, one of the yeah. oldest problems that we're dealing with here is also written to first. Yes, and it's all about the problem of evil and how do we do it? And so, uh, two things. The first is that professor that I referenced, uh, Dr. Edgington. His, his name used to be Dr. Edgington. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he presented it this way. He's like, hey, we often think like, how could God choose to save anybody? How, why, how, why does God choose the Jewish people? What makes them more over, deserving over the than anyone else? And the answer is nothing. <laughs> and, and for us to think like, how could God order the execution of of the the Canaanites, but not the Jewish people. And it, grace, they all deserved to die. Every single one of us as humans f- fall under the wrath of God for because we were created to bring life into the world. We were meant to be God's image bearer in this world. And instead, we've brought death and destruction. Every choice we make. Everyone is corrupted and stained the funny thing, the Bible even says the good ones we make aren't from us, but they're yeah, actually that's, that's from God. Verse. That's one of my favorite. Uh, <laughs> oh, you think you're proud of the good thing you did? Yeah. Well, God, that's God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so like he talked about, like no, no, no. It's it's God's grace and mercy and God's love in that He doesn't continually do the flood every generation because that's what we deserve. Mm-hmm. We, but He is slow. To, so, so that's the the first thing. Uh, the second thing. I forgot. <laughs> well, I, I think the moral <laughs> answer to this question, because uh, like as we're, what I would say to someone, and what C.S. Lewis has said before in, in his p- book, Problem of or the p- Pain of Evil, the Problem of Pain, p- Problem of Pain. Thank you. Uh, how do you know what good is? How mm. are we able to judge what evil yeah, is if we don't have a measuring stick? This is where if someone's coming at me. And they're like, oh, how can God do that? Be like, well. The apologist in you comes out this way. Yeah. Yeah. Don't surrender. uh, (laughs) Don't get put on the defensive. Let me say that. Because you can instantly turn that question back. Well, how do you know what's good? And honestly, they have, if you press hard enough, either they come up with, well, society decides it. In that case, you've got. Well, well, slavery, the so Holocaust, many examples. Uh, uh, modern slavery, G- Genghis Khan, <laughs> yeah. the sex trafficking. Well, most of society have not agreed that this is wrong. So why do you think you're going against most of society for most of human history? So you're on the outside of society. So why do you think you're greater than society? It falls apart. Uh, and that's really the only, it, it's either government or society. Those are the only two. <laughs> and both of those, there's never been a government or society that has not <laughs> done killed what, itself. <laughs> what most people would call as huge atrocities. Yeah. And so it, it, you have to then go back to God because it's the only other thing big enough, the only other option. Because uh, so, it can't so be you. It can't be you because we all acknowledge that people individually can commit heinous evil, ridiculous evil, and, and nobody fights that. Uh, so then you have to find something big enough. Well, for those that discount God, it's it's just society, us as a population, yep. or or a government, and which well, also explains why culture loves to change the rules and definitions of things mm. as we move forward. That's a whole mm. other conversation too. Yeah, but yeah. if you use government and society as your measuring stick, then you have to follow them. Mm. 
mm-hmm. into destruction. Yes. <laughs> as the Bible repeatedly points out. And as culture repeatedly shows it us doing. Shows <laughs> us. Yes. But, but if God is the end-all, be-all, because there has to be something, mm-hmm. you know, even when you're talking about creation, nothing doesn't create something. Yeah. Like there has to be something there. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about the moral problem of evil, well, the only reason you can even point at something that says that's bad is because there has to be something good. Another mm-hmm. way to say this, uh, cold I don't want to say it doesn't really exist because I'm going to sound like an idiot, but and don't be an idiot. But <laughs> it's just the absence of heat. Yes. We measure cold by the level of heat in the room mm. or in the space. And so in the same way, we measure evil by the absence of God. Mm. That's, the, that's the story of the Bible. Yep. That as God withdraws, evil increases. And the only thing in the Bible, I am the restraining uh, I'm restraining human corruption and evil. I, I do want to ask one last question just as we're running out of time here. How do you answer the question of evil that's not tied to human choices? Like natural disasters? Exactly. Uh, I would just point back to the fall. Okay. Uh, that. And God created a good and perfect world. So as we look at the days of creation, he says, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And from the point of the first decision of evil, of death, every, it corrupted everything. Mm. And so we live in a broken world that doesn't always work. I grew up in Tornado Alley. You didn't. Uh, but I remember I, I've heard Caleb have conversations. He's like, this is insane. Like we just build cement holes in the ground so that when the tornadoes eventually come, why, why do you live there? <laughs> why do you, why do you live there? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, so I guess I, I'm not sure that's what you're looking for, but I point to the fall as not only the human fall, but the world falling as well. Yeah. There's so much, uh, in Genesis six, seven, eight, nine about <laughs> the physical world. Well, Roman says all of creation groans mm. waiting for redemption waiting for recreation and, yeah and that worship song is like if, if oh so will i oh so will i if that's the rocks are going to cry out then i'm going to cry so out too. I. so will i yeah. and, and so that's that's what i think that that's generally how i would answer it and I, i've heard some other lines of reasoning but just th- that one's easy for me to remember uh with this whole thing there's there's dozens of different answers to to all of these questions and so first i i would go back to what we talked about earlier figure out what question's actually being asked and make sure you're not answering the wrong question. Uh, because there are real people that are antagonistic towards the faith that have real intellectual problems and, and they need the logical arguments. Yeah. They need the, the holes poked in what they believe. For someone that's just uh, experiencing evil... Which is going to be far more common, I, I way think. Way more common. Yeah. Way more common is the is the experience of evil. Go read the book of Job on how to answer that mm-hmm. and say, oh. Learn the lesson of Job's friends. Uh, Keep and, your mouth shut. Yeah. I, early on, Joe, you know, there, just as pastors, we experience a lot of funerals because mm-hmm. that's part of our job. Uh, man, I, I'm, I'm still, every funeral, Caleb and I sit in the back and we're broken. Like, mm-hmm. um, and, and Joe, early on, I'd, I'd ask him, like, hey, how do, how do you do this? He does, does such a good job of interacting with families. And mm. and 
early on he was like, man, plan on what you're going to say to the person who's grieving before you walk up and say it. Because the worst thing you can do is walk up, hey, how are you today? All of the <laughs> normal <laughs> greetings don't work. Right. Uh, hey, good to see you. Or, you know, wh- whatever. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. offering uh, trite, placating Christianese. Oh, gosh. Oh, God's in control. Yep. Didn't need that right So then. God controlled their death and yeah. God, you know, oh, uh, it'll, it's for the best. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've uh, heard someone say that at a funeral. Not not to pump tires or anything, but I remember the first time that I felt like I did it successfully. <laughs> uh, oh, Kathy Allenball had lost her husband. Mm. Um, Kathy, sweet lady. Don mm-hmm. was such a great guy. Uh, and they came to church. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. faithful members. I just walked up and hugged her. Just hugged her. And that's she, perfect. She just said, thank you. Uh, because I was in line and people are doing what you're doing. And some and people are doing well. Watching it and and I was like, what does she need from me? Nothing other than what I mean, what would God do? He'd step into it and he'd be there. So as we wrap this up, I want to say that there's for for you, if you are dealing with this, if you're wrestling with the emotions of this, the experience of this. Honestly, it goes back to last week's ground your life in the word of God. And how you respond to this moment, to this pain, it's really only one of two options. Either you will rest and trust in the character and nature of God, or you'll revolt and reject it. So who do you know God to be in this moment? Thanks for joining us. Another episode, Don't Be an Idiot. Next week, uh, we'll be handling another one. Uh, What's the next? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Awesome. We'll join you next week. Mm